we're going to play the game Two Truths and a Lie. Okay? So I'm going to give you three statements, two of which are true, one of which is a complete lie. And you've got to work out which is the lie amongst these three statements. So here are the three. Number one, I've sung to the Queen. Number two, I was goalkeeper for my school football team. And number three, my favourite takeaway food is Chinese. Number one, I've sung to the Queen. Number two, I was goalkeeper for my school football team. Number three, my favourite takeaway food is Chinese. I'll give you a second to think about those. So I'm going to ask you in a second to put your hand up to tell me which one of those you think is the lie. Okay? Which is the lie? Okay. So, tell me why you're not allowed to participate in this one. Really sorry. You give the game away. Okay. So, if you think the lie is that I've sung to the Queen, could you put your hand up now? Oh, there's a few hands going up. This is the lie. It's a lie. You think it's never, I've never sung to the Queen. Okay? That's a few hands. Okay? A few hands. Right, okay. If you think the lie is, I was goalkeeper for my school football team, put your hand up. Ooh. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Kirsty. Okay, hands down. And if you think my favourite takeaway is food is Chinese, put your hand up. Okay, let's see if it's a lie. I think it's a lie. Sorry. Okay, hands down. So um, I can say now that in uh, 1994, at the opening of the Channel Tunnel, our school choir was asked to sing. And there in attendance happens to be the Queen. So I have sung to the Queen. Okay? Uh, I can tell you now that my favourite takeaway food is Chinese. So if you put, I, I was goalkeeper for the school football team, that was the lie. Okay, it's obvious. Okay, as I said like, earlier on, but as you know me a little bit more, you probably know it a little bit easier now. But we're going to use that to think a little bit this morning about this question, Mary's encounter with the angels that we heard about in our Bible reading this morning. If you're 10 and under, I would like to come and help me out because I've got a few little bits that need helping out with this morning. I want to come and sit yourself down here to make it easy for me to pick you. That would be really great. If you're about 10 and under, just want to come and sit at the front here. That would be great. There's a few I can see. Perfect. Fantastic. You see, a few weeks ago, and he won't mind me saying this because I asked him if he was asking me saying this, Reuben asked me this question, Daddy, why did God choose Mary? Why did God choose Mary? And like most of those questions that my six-year-old generally asked me, I thought, oh, that's a good question. Really good question. But it was only as we came to look at this passage this morning, I thought, well, here it is. Here's the reading that perhaps could answer that question. Why did God choose Mary? And earlier, didn't he, Tim asked us to think a little bit about our favourites, what our favourite carol was, our favourite food. For some of us, as they said, there was a reason. Some of them said, well, it's all right this week, but I don't quite know next week. It might be something different. We don't really have a good reason why. And thinking about why God chose Mary, well, we see as we look at the story here, that was the reading that we had from Luke, we see that she's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Perhaps it was something to do that Mary was picked because it was something to do with the David line, the line of David's descendants. 
But other than that, we don't really have much more of a given way of a reason. We can imagine, although we're not told, that perhaps Mary was someone who regularly prayed. And so God picked her because she was in that, she was in that life, seeking God and in that relationship with him. And perhaps that was something there, but we're not told that. So it's difficult to try and work out a solid reason. I might come back to that, that question right at the very end. But as I come to think about that thing this morning, this encounter with the angels, there's four things that I want to do. Four things I think that happens. Firstly, could you come and help me and stand this and hold this one up for me? Firstly, come to stand on here, then everyone can see. Perfect. There was, hold it up, that way around. Perfect. A truth to be told. Secondly, come stand here. Hold it that way around, it's perfect, nice and high, so we can see what it says. Question, there was a question to be asked. Over here. This way. Perfect, nice and high again. There was an assurance to be given. Bethany, okay, which one's going to help? You come there, go on there. On the end. Finally, last one, nice and high. There was a response to be made. So in the story, there's a truth to be told, a question to be asked, an assurance to be given, and a response to be made. When Mary is first approached by the angel, what's the first thing that Mary is told? What's the first greeting that the angel gives her? And there's all these heads looking down there in Bibles going, ah, what was it? What was it? You're highly favoured. Yeah, you're highly favoured. And the Lord is with you. You're highly favoured and the Lord is with you. That's the first truth that she's told. And then secondly, the second truth that she's told, a little bit later on after she gets over some of the fear of an angel being there, is the main greeting. Why does the, why does the angel mainly go? To tell Mary that she's going to have a baby. Not just any baby. She's going to have a son. And she's going to call him Jesus. You guys can just keep your hands down for a little bit while we have it. You can keep the truth up for a minute, just while we're going, because otherwise your arms are going to ache by the time we get to the end. That's it. That way around. Perfect. You each other hand, that'd be perfect as well. We can just see them both. So she's got these two truths. Firstly, that she's highly favoured and the Lord is with her. And secondly, she's going to have a baby. She's going to have a son to call him Jesus. He's going to be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. All those things that Mary has to get told. Those truths, I don't know about you, but they're pretty amazing. Mary, do you know what? God's got a plan for you. And I told you two truths right at the very beginning. But those truths that Mary were told were nowhere near, they were quite an amazing truth. My truths were nowhere near as amazing as those truths that God told Mary. And they told them, it says, God has a plan for Mary. So there's a truth to be told. Okay, you can hold yours down for a minute. Secondly, there's a question to be asked. Because Mary, on hearing that truth, cannot help but asking a question. Questioning something, isn't it? It's a natural human thing. Particularly when you're normal, every, you're going about your everyday normal things and something extraordinary happens. That question that Mary asked, how will this be? How will this be? That's the question that Mary asked. But even before that, we see that as soon as the angel appears, Mary's greatly troubled. There's probably the thoughts of going through Mary's head, why me? Why on earth me? At that news that I'm highly favoured. What's it got to do with me? Now, when I asked you to begin considering at the beginning those two truths and a lie, 
I ask you to question each of those sentences and think about which was true, which one was not. Some of you might have changed your mind between those two or questioned them over and over again. But in this situation here, where God encounters Mary through the angel, there's a question to be asked. Okay, come up, you can hand that one down. The third thing, there's an assurance to be given. See, following Mary asking those questions, we see the angel tell her how and why this is true. Firstly, he tells Mary that, well, how it will be, because the Holy Spirit's at work. God's power's at work inside of her, and that will make it possible. But secondly, he tells her that no word from God will ever... Thank you. (laughs) No word from God will ever... Fail. Fail. Fantastic. When the word comes from God, it will be true. See, that's nothing like that game that I played right at the beginning, because there were two true sentences, and there was one that was a lie. With God, when there's those promises, there's only ever going to be the truth angel tells Mary of God's plan and because it's God's plan, because God's at work and God is in it, it's not going to fail. So we've had the truth, we've had the question you put your shorts down for a minute because the last bit is there's a response to be made. And how does Mary respond? Well she responds with those words I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. We often pray, don't we, in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done. May your will be done. That was Mary's response. If it's God's word, then it's going to happen. Let it happen. She's willing to serve God in this way. So, Fork, all four, can we have those up again, just in front? So we had a truth to be told. There's a question to be asked, an assurance to be given, and a response to be made. But you see, how often does this story sound similar to our story? Because see, there's a truth to be told, which is God has a plan for you, in the same way that Mary was told that. There's a question to be asked. Why me? How can it be? How often if we hear that God's got a plan for us, do we go, me? It can't be little old me. How can that be? But there's an assurance to be given that no word of God's will ever fail. But the response we need to make is this. May your word be to me fulfilled. May your word be to me fulfilled. See, Mary, God has a plan for each of us, just as he did Mary those 2,000 years ago. And that story of Mary is just like our story. We can find it hard to believe that God has a plan for each one of us. But this morning we hear the assurance that if God is in it, if God's power is in it, if God's at work by his Holy Spirit, that it's not going to fail. But the big part, and the biggest part, is this last one that Caleb's going to hold up so beautifully for me now. How do we respond? When we hear all these things, how do we respond? Do we say, I am the Lord's servant, may your words be to me fulfilled? Thank you, guys. You can go and sit down before I just close with the final thing. See, it's all about our response and how we respond. I was thinking about six years ago on my journey towards training, towards being a vicar. And I was a bit like Mary, asking often lots of those questions, particularly in the first few months. Why me? Why, God, does it seem you want little old me to do this thing? 
and what's it all about, how can it be? And I was going to meet with someone regularly to talk about this journey and look at this journey together. But that had to come to a point where I had to make that response to say, God, if you're in this and if it's it, then I'm your servant, may your words be done in me. If you're in this, God, I've got to respond to you and say yes to what's going on. And coming back to why Mary, and Tim and I were talking about this this morning, probably why part of why it is Mary is because Mary said yes. Why did God choose Mary? Because Mary said yes. She responded to what God said. God said, I've got this plan for you. I've got all these things that go on. Here's the assurance. But Mary had to say yes. That's why God chose Mary, because she was the one to say yes. So this morning as we gather, let's remember that story of Mary who God called but let us remember that, story can, that Mary's story can also be our story. God calls each of us to step out, to put our trust in him, to say yes, and to respond to him too. Amen.